Loved, cherished, comforted. Welcome to the podcast ministry of Our Resolute Hope, where you will find grace, not just a concept or a doctrine of grace, but a person, a person whose name is Jesus, a person who brings hope, a determined, resolute hope that can sustain you and empower you to live courageously in this fallen world. Join us now as we learn more about Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, and our life. Hi there, friends. Welcome again to the Our Resolute Hope podcast. One more time, I'm John Russin, the host here with my dear friend, Pastor Frank Friedman, and we're continuing today with our series on the power of story. There's nothing really like the power of story, as you know, because when we tell our stories, we invite others into our very heart, into all the major events that shaped our lives. When we draw our listeners in, they get a little bit of an experience of what it's like to be us. And this series takes a deeper look into the lives of Christians, their experiences, the circumstances that led them to discovering Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their life. And we have in our uh, virtual studios today, uh, one of the men who has been instrumental in helping us to launch this podcast, a brother named J.D. Zomer. And Frank, I'm going to turn it over to you now to introduce J.D. and uh, we'll get this party started. Well, thank you, John. J.D., I would describe him as the kind of man you wish you knew better. And the reason I say that is because that would be my own personal appraisal. Uh, I don't know J.D. as well as I'd like to. And I say that because I hear what he says and I read what he writes. And this man has a beautiful new covenant heart that loves God, loves people, and wants people to understand the glory of the new covenant and the finished work of Jesus Christ on their behalf. He runs a podcast ministry called Religion Free Fellowship that's reaching thousands. And in fact, he did help us get this podcast that we do started, was a great guide and mentor. And my understanding is that JD has a brand new book. I believe it will be his first book coming out very soon. So JD, welcome, my friend. Thank you, guys. Such an honor to be on the show. Thank you. Oh, it's our pleasure. Truly, it is. Uh, tell us briefly just about your ministry, about your book. Uh, how'd you get started and what's your focus? Okay. Yeah. Uh, the book coming out is going to be called Resisting Arrest. So it's a little play on, it's, yeah, it's a little play on words, but so true for so many. Um, really look forward to that. It's going to be coming out in September. So be on the lookout for that. I have written a children's book, uh, didn't really put it out there or market it or anything. It was called Jesus Loves You More Than You Could Possibly Imagine. It's a new covenant based book, but it's for really young ages. It's really short read, really short read, but it's very, very good messaging. Uh, my ministry is called Religion Free uh, Ministry. You can find it at religionfreeministry.com. There we have a listing of recommended books. We have a listing of recommended gatherings. We have also uh, some 
recommended podcasts on there as well. You guys are on the list, so oh, it's all great. good. Thanks a lot. Yeah, and uh, it's just kind of uh, not only uh, representing what we do in our community, and it kind of explains a little bit about our jail and prison outreach and our street meals outreach, as well as our pastor outreach, but we also are getting ready to start some training cohorts in the Grace Message for people that are interested in maybe starting a small group or starting gathering or planning a church, et cetera, anywhere in the world. And we are going to put together a cohort program. So if anyone's interested in that, please, uh, please check that out. Um, how all this got started, started maybe about three and a half uh, years ago, I was sitting on the couch with my wife and I said, man, I really feel led to start a podcast. I really feel led to start a ministry knowing absolutely nothing about either of those or how to start them up. And man, he just made it so easy and light for everything to happen. And I've been able to help so many people along after the way. It's been been really fun. Wow. So we can find out all this information about your uh, outreach for jails and prison and, and your pa- pastor outreach. All that information is on your website. Yeah, it's at uh, religionfreeministry.com. Something really good on there, I think I mentioned it, though, is for people looking for maybe some uh, gatherings in person. There's a listing on there of, of, of gatherings all over the country. So it's it's incomplete, but it's something. And if anybody out there has uh, something they think uh, we should add to it, feel free to shoot us a message uh, at our email on there. Great. I certainly take a look at it because uh, over the past few weeks, I ran across a gathering in uh, East Knoxville, Tennessee, that meets in a home. And oh, wow. uh, it, it may well be welcome to, to join your list. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, great. Let's begin today, JD, with uh, where we usually start. It's talking about the past, specifically your past. Now, we want to remind our listeners that, you know, our past, JD's past, my past, Frank's past, your pasts don't define any of us. But they do help to shape our thought processes, our emotions. So, J.D., if you can, share with us a little bit about some aspects of your developmental years, how it shaped you as you moved into adulthood. And give us a picture of where, where the Lord fit into this mix. Yeah. Well, I uh, grew up in Michigan. I grew up in a imperfect yet uh, Christian home. My dad was a police officer. My mom worked in a couple different office environments. Um, At age seven, I uh, received the life of Christ. Had no idea really what all that entailed at that time, but nonetheless, I had received the life of Christ at that age. I, after that, in the uh, church that I was going to, proceeded to be taught the, you know, Bible as a textbook, mixed covenant messaging with a little religion sprinkled on the top in the Ten Commandments. And man, I had the Holy Spirit living inside me, but I had no idea what that meant. I'm kind of the poster child of the terrible effects of religion and fear teaching (laughs) and and what it can have on people. So after, you know, receiving the life of Christ, I, I spent the next 10 years or so, I'd say living a double life, really, of mask wearing to, you know, look good at church, uh, have all the right answers, know all the verses, say all the right things. And then I was a successful athlete. So 
my community around me knew me for that also. But I hadn't really yet experienced the power and rest that comes from truly resting in the finished work of Christ. I was searching because I had no idea who he'd made me to be and whose I was. I was into numerous nefarious activities outside the public eye. And honestly, I was slowly on my way to prison or death, probably. I remember a time back the morning of, I think it was 2000, the morning of Christmas. Um, I was driving home from, uh, I think it was a party or something. It was about four in the morning and I had just broke up with a girlfriend at the time who I'd been with for quite a long time. And I, I just felt so alone. And uh, I, I just let go of the steering wheel, man. I was done. I, I just, I, I was in kind of a wooded area. I ended up crashing the car. I just kind of closed my eyes and the car wrapped around the tree. I stopped breathing. It was a suicide attempt looking back on it. And I don't know what all to say as far as the details of the accident but I started breathing again I didn't have a seatbelt on and when I woke up I had a seatbelt on so that could be considered something supernatural I believe it was but it really led me to kind of a deconstructing in my life at that time, more mentally, I wasn't quite ready there to maybe walk that out. But uh, that was definitely an experience that made me feel like I wasn't alone and that maybe there was a purpose for my life. And then kind of fast forward to me playing college basketball, uh, graduating college, moving to Texas and starting a bunch of businesses and starting a career. I was still emotionally bankrupt somewhat, though, even though my bank account looked good and, uh, you know, I had female friends and cars and clothes and all the stuff the world offers you. It wasn't until one night, I think it was uh, maybe 2011, I had just gone through a terrible, terrible divorce with another woman who I tried to kind of derive my identity from and derive it from the relationship. And I found myself about halfway through a fifth of Jack Daniels and some crazy book that I'd picked up called Lifetime Guarantee. And I started reading it and it was just an absolute mind-blowing experience of reading that book and the Holy Spirit just ministering in my life. And, and I just am so thankful to Bill Gillum for writing that book, just a life-changing thing for me. And so for about the next seven years after that, you know, I just asked Jesus to help me unlearn all the junk that I'd absorbed over the years and read a lot of great books. I listened to a lot of great teachers. And of course, I'm still growing in the knowledge uh, and grace of Christ for sure. But the last four years of my life have truly been freedom from bondage, amazing ministry, and just a strong foundation of Christ in me, through me, and through all the problems and junk that life has thrown at me. Frank, I want to jump in and just uh, just oh. ask you to comment here for just a minute, because J.D.'s story 
especially with the brush with suicide sounds really familiar from what I recall from uh, the episodes we did on your story. Uh, can you <laughs> echo some of the same sentiments he had and what's your take on that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, you feel like it's uh, certainly different stories, but a lot of parallel. You know, when you become a very successful athlete, our culture almost worships that. But it's a mask that a lot of athletes hide behind because of a lot of the pain and wound of growing up and things that we do and things that were done to us. And and JD, I don't know if you knew this, but I myself reached that point. I had the plan and went to implement the plan twice and stopped short and basically told the Holy Spirit, I'll do this if you don't rescue me. And fortunately, he did. And yeah. just like you, it was through a book. It was a different book. It was called Help, Lord, My Whole Life Hurts. But I love the title. I thought, my goodness, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know what I loved about your story, J.D.? The Holy Spirit is so powerful. Yeah. He didn't need you to be sober to understand truth. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's quite a story. You know, it's a uh, listen to you guys and the paths you walked. It reminds me of mine as well. I had my own sort of, should I do this type experience? This is before I was a believer looking into the, I think it was the Allegheny river from a bridge in Pittsburgh and deciding that it probably would be better if I just went all the way over the railing and just dropped in and gave it all up. Yeah. Uh, but uh, somebody didn't know this at the time, but the Holy Spirit just put a block there and said, nah, son, you just, that's not quite the good idea you think it is. And so I didn't. And then a couple of years later, I came to face to face with my savior. And uh, he reminded me that during that time, uh, I was still in his hands and yeah. he was protecting me and uh, going to drag me away from the edge of that bridge if, uh, if I'd gotten any closer. So it's cool to hear that I'm not the only one who's had a, a brush with foolishness. Yeah. Yeah. You know, John, it's interesting to address that. You know, the enemy, we know that his goal in his career is to steal, kill, and destroy. And we also know that he is the great counterfeiter. The New Testament tells us that. And I think that issue of suicide is the counterfeit to the cross because you know the new covenant message is that in Christ not only did Jesus die for our sins but in his incredible grace he put us on the cross with him and executed our old man that old nasty self and so die and you'll be free is a counterfeit gospel but it's a it's a death unto destruction instead of a death unto resurrection so i'm i'm finding in my own ministry that suicidal thoughts are actually very very common and i think they're becoming even more common as this world around us disintegrates uh, as it gets further and further from god right now i admit though most days uh I wake up in the morning and say, Father, it's a good day to go home to be with you. I'm ready. But uh, I no longer juggle those other thoughts that uh, take me the direction away from him. Well, J.D., that's an amazingly honest testimony. Thank you for bearing that piece of your heart. 
Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that you read Lifetime Guarantee. If our listeners haven't heard about it, boy, you really should check it out. It's a great book. Uh, but that was what Father used to sort of grab a hold of you, pull you back from the edge, so to speak, mm-hmm. and uh, set you on a different path. And so here you are, you've read the book, uh, you're learning things that are different from what you learned growing up in church. Mm-hmm. So what sort of impact did you notice? How did it change you? You're recovering from uh, a terrible divorce. Mm-hmm. If I have my notes correct. Yeah. And, uh, so, so what changed? What did you see working out in your life as you lived out what you read in that book? Man, what I read in that book was just really the love of Jesus and the absolute reconstruction of my identity as a person. Uh, I mean, just how close I was to God, that I was his child, that I'm truly obedient, you know, from my heart, that I'm the righteousness of God, that I'm safe and secure in Christ, that I'm a slave to righteousness, that I'm right with God, that I'm more than a conqueror, all those things. I had no idea. I was completely bankrupt of understanding who I was. I had no idea what had been done to me at that point when Christ gave me his life. And it just dramatically transformed not only what I thought, but it began to change my behavior on a day-to-day basis. I no longer wanted to partake in so many things that had just plagued my life and the sin patterns that had just absolutely wrecked havoc in my life for years. And when I began to understand my identity and who I was, I began to see myself differently. And then through that, you know, uh, behavior is the echo of belief, right? So I just, my life started to, to take a different path. Um, I understood that, you know, I had the mind of Christ. My, my thoughts started to change um, when I believed that. And uh, man, it's, it's just amazing knowing when God is not mad at you, how different your outlook on life is. You know? wow, that's an amazing observation. I got a quick question for both of you. JD, you can answer first. You were raised in the church, and yet this message was new to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did that make you feel? And then, Frank, chime in as a pastor and counselor. How common is this experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll share with you the few couple years after I had that revelation of God's grace. I'll be honest, I had a lot of bitterness towards people in the past. But, you know, as I got older and I began to, you know, mature in my dependence in Christ, which what, you know, maturity truly is spiritual maturity. I've learned that from Brother Frank. Man, I, I, I now have compassion towards these people who have absolutely no idea how amazing this world can be we live in right now because i mean we have christ living in us and through us and how much that can really change our experience i now have a passion for sharing this message with pastors so that others don't have to experience that bondage that i did and uh man it's just really kind of changed the the path and the course of my ministry also. I mean, we started off simply doing the 
uh, jail and prison outreach and the street meals outreach. But as the podcast kind of evolved and some other opportunities came and I've met so many people that he's brought into my life, man, I, I just have so many uh, friends that uh, I've been able to have influence with and share this grace message with. And it's just been absolutely amazing. Wow. So you turned really the darkness into dawn. You brought light back into the dark world where you walked as a as a Christian, but really a pretty naive and unlearned Christian. Frank, how common is this in the, the church? You must have seen this. John, unfortunately, it's very common. You know, a person can only teach what they themselves have learned. Mm -hmm. And I went through that same experience. I find a lot of people do that JD went through the idea of anger. We feel like we were lied to, yeah. uh, that we weren't told the whole truth. But the bottom line, we have to remember several things. One is that we've got an enemy where scripture tells us he blinds the minds of the unbelieving. And then we've got false teachers out there who distort the message, who pervert the message, who also in a very real way teach an incomplete message. I was led to Christ by the message, Jesus died for your sins. If you accept him, you can go to heaven. Now that's true. It's part of the gospel, yeah. but it's so incomplete. All that does is make Jesus a travel agent who got me a new destination. <laughs> and what about life now? And so the bottom line then thirdly is this idea of revelation. It's very clear in the New Testament, especially like in the book of Ephesians, Paul says, here's what you have in the first half of chapter one. Then he says, I pray that you'd understand what you have. And that's an, an incredible thought. Uh, that we can have and not know that we have. The idea is that, you know, this salvation is the mind of God. And for the mind of man to lay hold of it, it's foreign. It's supernatural. It's radical. You know, that I died with Jesus, that I've been resurrected with Jesus, that I'm in him, that I'm in, listen to this, in union with God, 1 Corinthians 6, 17. Mm. I mean, Whoa, what mm -hmm. does that mean? And so we really need the Holy Spirit to open our eyes. I think one of the most incredible passages there is, is in the Gospel of John, when Jesus spent some three years teaching those 12 disciples, when he was ready to leave, he said, the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to teach you everything I said. He didn't say everything I taught. He said everything I said. And the idea there is that even with Jesus teaching, there was no learning without the Holy Spirit. And so the bottom line is we need him to open our eyes. And all those dear people that taught us incompletely were simply bringing to the table what they had. And now you and me and JD, John, all of these people around the world that God is stirring up have to stop running from the church, go back into the church and bring them the good news. Uh, who, how are they going to hear without a preacher? And so I love, J.D., that you've not given up on the church because a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. And you're going to those pastors and loving them, even when they disagree with you and don't see what you're saying. So yeah. I'm, it's so exciting for you to do that. 
Yeah. Tell us a bit about that, JD. How's, how'd that get started? What's it look like? Give us a little glimpse of some of the fruit you've seen. Yeah. Well, just to kind of give you an idea, uh, maybe a word picture in my book coming out, I use the example of a group of people in a airplane. But when you jump for the first time, you have a tandem uh, instructor with you, right? And, and I use that kind of as a word picture to explain, not completely accurately, but very similar to our relationship with the Holy Spirit, with Christ living in us. That's like our tandem jumper jumping. But jumping out of that plane is scary because mm-hmm. if you've never done it before, it's just, it's different, you know? And that's what so many people out there in institutional Christianity struggle with is they want a list. They want to read the Bible and, and use it as a textbook. They don't know how to rightly divide the, the Bible. They don't know when the new covenant begins. They don't know the significance of that. And, and that kind of stuff is so instrumental in any type of transformation and mind renewal to take place. And when you can have relationships, you know, Jesus was so relational and just learning from the way that he did ministry and the way he walked, it was talking to people, it was friendships. And that's, you know, really what I've devoted a lot of my time to is just building relationships with pastors, getting to know them on a personal level, loving on them and letting them know that no matter if they agree with me or the message that uh, I believe in and that I share, that I support their ministry and just being able to uh, have impact in so many people's lives and just see dramatically their churches change and the messaging change has just been so fun to see kind of behind the scenes and then kind of drawn back to that reference you know for some people out there maybe listening that this could you know be something they're debating right now when you land on the ground right with that that tandem jumper and you're like man this is amazing when you begin to experience the, the true life of abiding in Christ and, and the freedom that that brings you, you want to get back in the plane and help everybody else jump out. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's really what I have a passion for now. I want them to be able to experience what it feels like to really jump out of the plane and experience freedom in Christ. Wow. J.D., that so encourages my heart because, you know, I've been teaching this message now for almost 30 years. And the thing I'm seeing is that a lot of people want nothing to do with the church. I actually hear people say, I can't sit in those churches that teach legalism. Well, yes, you can. Jesus has no problem sitting under that. You know, you just have to reject what they're saying and say, well, that doesn't apply to me, but I'm going to love these people. And to to hear you doing that is just such an encouragement to my heart. Yeah, well, you've you've encouraged me a lot, Frank, and you've taught me uh, a lot of stuff. And you've really kind of uh, politely nudged me a couple years ago back into the church and I got involved in a a church plant, et cetera. That's a whole nother story back then. But uh, I I was kind of one of those that was kind of on the outside looking in for a while. So I, I, I could actually personally thank you for 
for where I'm at right now. (laughs) Thank you for picking up your sword and and going back to war. Uh, You know, I, I, there's a line I use with the church, JD, it says, I'm going to fight for you, even if I have to fight against you. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what we have to do. And just hearing you do that. I'm just, I'm very proud of the Holy spirit in you, my friend. Thank you. It's great to hear. JD, I do have to ask another question though. Yeah. Uh, you use the phrase a terrible divorce, but you also made reference now uh, mm-hmm. to a wife. Yeah. So uh, let us know. You've come a long way. Uh, yeah. How is your understanding of Christ's life changing your marriage now and your family dynamic now? Yeah. Well, I'm married to a beautiful wife. Her name's Shay. I've got a, a three year old newly three-year-old son his name is gavin man we are just living the dream now we have a a marriage just like everybody else we have ups and downs we're both growing in the knowledge and grace of christ everybody's at different areas and and experience of understanding all of that but man without christ in our life we'd be divorced already <laughs> i mean it's just it's just been amazing to just see how he's allowed two completely different people and i mean in every possible way you could imagine my wife is a completely a different culture than me uh in this world culture and uh you know just very different mindsets completely different personalities and just seeing how he's able to reconcile that through his grace message through the gospel. And it's just amazing. I mean, he's taught me so much (laughs) through my marriage that I I literally just kind of type stuff in my phone every night that I learn just about ministry and things I can share with other people just through my marriage and just the example uh, that Paul uses of, you know, the bride of Christ and, and carrying that over into my marriage, man. And I just want my son so badly to be able to grow up with a pure grace message being taught to him. And whatever comes after that, whatever decision he makes for Jesus or not, at least he had the opportunity to hear that and make a decision for his life that was free of fear, free of condemnation, free of turn or burn. And he can make that decision based on the love of Christ. He can be drawn to Christ by his love. Wow. What an amazing perspective. How is that translating into your, uh, your day job? Uh, you told us at the beginning before we started recording that you're a world geography teacher. And so how does that work out in your classroom and in, uh, with your colleagues? Yeah, well, I've uh, been teaching for probably almost, I think, 20 years now. I've been a basketball coach for a long time, golf coach for a long time. I've had the pleasure of coaching numerous Division One athletes, teaching tons of amazing kids. I'm in urban inner city Dallas. Man, I absolutely love my job. I love impacting kids' lives. I love um, bringing positivity into their life. There's so many kids that I interact with on a daily basis that do not have remotely close to a home environment that maybe many of us experienced. And just being able to love on those kids and and tell them, you know, that they are 
enough, that they are smart, that they are capable of doing anything that they want, that they can be anything that they want. And just being able to demonstrate to them and show them without doing any type of directly spiritual conversations, just being able to express the love of Christ through me um, and having conversations with them about their home life or problems they're having and just trying to help them through that. It's just been uh, such a fun experience being able to do what I do. And sometimes it it sounds really cheesy, but I, I get paid to help people and I get summers off you know it's <laughs> it's pretty cool yeah now frank you've seen a lot of counselees as a pastor and a counselor of folks who who didn't have this kind of message growing up how important is it oh john i you know i would describe showing up on this planet as being dropped in the middle of the wilderness without a map and without a compass And that's what birth is for every single human being. And so everyone comes into this world going, who am I? Where do I belong? Do I fit? Do I have value? Does anyone even care? Uh, Some of those needs get met within a family unit. And when you have a family unit that doesn't meet those needs, uh, there's a lot of train wreck out there. And that's where people like J.D., and Kendall, who we had a podcast recently with, and Tracy Levinson, and all these people, we become part of the roadmap, the compass that leads people to a true source of life, where they can get that those main questions answered and find out I do belong. There is someone who cares. There is someone who loves me. And this is real life. Uh, This is not going to church. This is real life. Uh, Life begetting life. Life bringing, uh, life coming out of death in a very real way as people experience the resurrection life of Jesus in their own life. And, you know, John, in my vocabulary, that's what a hero is. Uh, You know, playing ball, pursuing pro ball myself, I used to think those are the heroes, the ones who play a kid's game on a Sunday or sing a song on a stage. Uh, No, a real hero is somebody who lives in such a way that they transform the lives of others. And uh, JD, it's it's just such a pleasure to know you because you're one of my heroes. That's right. You're and if you don't that. wear a cape, you need to wear one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one of these days, if we can, uh, we can generate enough interest for some sort of a, a testimonial, uh, we can custom make a, a hero's cape for JD. My friend, I got <laughs> one last question for you before yeah. we wrap up our podcast today. And yeah. I think I warned you about this before we began. <laughs> uh, if you could make one supreme revelation to our listeners... Yeah. What would you want them to know? Take as much time as you want. Yeah. Well, for people out there who believe in Jesus, I would encourage them that, man, no matter how bad it looks, okay, or what you're going through right now, let your identity as a victor because of his finished work be your comfort on a daily basis. You don't have to win every battle. 
the war has already been won. You have to have that be your mindset. And just remember the story of Jesus sleeping in the boat while the disciples, they all freaked out about the storm. Well, that same Jesus, he's with you right now. He's got this. Let go and just let him and, and experience his rest. And for anybody out there that doesn't believe, that's listening, you're figuring, hey, maybe I'll check out this podcast or what the heck am I doing listening to this? Maybe, maybe this is for you. That void that you're feeling inside you that we just all shared earlier that we felt inside at one point in time, that can only be filled by one person and his name is Jesus. He wants to love you. You just have to let him. He loves you more than you could possibly imagine. There's nothing in this world that is going to satisfy. There's absolutely nothing that is going to fulfill you. It's all just anesthesia. It's all just temporary. And at the end of the day, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, am I happy or not? And I can tell you true happiness only comes from one source and his name is Jesus. I hope you make that decision. All you've got to do is believe. Great. So sweet and simple. Frank, my dear friend, any last comments before we sign off today? Well, just one. And that is in reference to what JD has said. I believe with all my heart that God wants to do far more for us than we're willing to let him do. And like he shared earlier, we got to jump out of that plane. We may not know anything about skydiving, but that tandem guy that we're strapped to, he knows all about it. That's exactly how it is with Jesus. There's no manual for living life on this planet in a fallen world other than Emmanuel, God with us. His name is Jesus. Yeah. Well, friends, thanks for joining us again today on this episode of the Our Resolute Hope podcast. Our guest uh, has been J.D. Zomer. Uh, His day job is a teacher, but his real job, he runs Religion Free (laughs) Ministry. Uh, He's got a book coming out, uh, Resisting Arrest. Great title. Check those both out. And please check us out as well, OurResoluteHope.com. Skim through the materials there. You'll see a lot. Uh, sign up for our newsletter, pop us an email. Uh, and if you run across folks who are struggling, who think they might benefit from this podcast, please pass it on. Let them know about us. Let them know about JD. And uh, once more, thanks for joining us. Follow us on our different social media platforms. And as always, we close with our standard reminder because it never, ever uh, gets old. Choose hope today. Choose Jesus. Thanks for listening. We trust that you've seen Jesus today. And you know that no matter what you're facing, He offers you Himself, His own life. He wants to live His life with you, in you, and through you as you trust Him and walk by faith in this troubled world. You've been listening to Our Resolute Hope Podcast. For more information, find us online at OurResoluteHope.com and check out our social media channels under the name Our Resolute Hope.